We've got body slams, an injury report, and Logan Paulson on the Washington offense. All today on your Daily Commanders update for 4 August. Let's go! Greetings and salutations. Welcome to your Daily Commanders update for 4 August. I'm Nathan Perry. That's the Stoner. We're Ref the District, and we are on the Believe Network. Let's get right to it, Stoner, because mm -hmm. this was the last practice of training camp this week. There's not going to be any weekend practice. Next week is kind of gearing up for the first preseason game. So mm -hmm. how did today go? Um, let's just put it this way. It depends on what side of the ball you're on. If you're on the defensive side of the ball, it was a fantastic practice. Awesome day. If you're on the offensive side of the ball, not so much. Yeah, there's been a lot of contention with our tracker and whether or not it's Sam Howell or offense. And we're going to get to the Sam Howell tracker later. Mm. But by all reports, it was not a good day for the offense. In fact, Matthew Paris from the Washington Post says this is the offense's worst performance of camp, and it's not even close. This is in response to J.P. Finley saying the offense is getting smoked by a strong commander's defense, and they're getting frustrated. The problem is I'm not sure the offense will look vastly different by week one, mm. kind of condemning this offense to not look very good. Stoner, do you yeah. agree with JP here that this offense is, is in trouble mm. or is there hope for Washington fans? No, I think maybe he went a little bit too far with that because it's a little early to be declaring the offense is not going to get any better in the next five weeks, which is what week one is from now so i think that's a a little bit of a strong statement going a little bit too hard at this offense they are not scheduled to be such a great offense or not predicted to be but let's not think that the way it looked today is what they're going to look like five practices and scrimmages and preseason games three preseason games yeah i think yeah. probably the most exciting thing there that you mentioned is actually that we're five weeks away from real football. Mm -hmm. uh, it is something that I do agree with JP in some sense, and that is a lot of people are writing off the struggles so far for the offensive line and for this offense as if it's because they're going up against what we all know to be a top five defense in this mm -hmm. league. Mm -hmm. But it goes deeper than that. These sure. are these are real struggles that the team has to work through. And we're not saying, well, I don't know what JP saying, but I'm not saying that this offense is going to be bad. I just want people to realize and manage their expectations that yep. putting up 45 points a game is probably not where this offense is headed to. So it'll be interesting to see where it is. Now, you mentioned some of those frustrations, Stoner. Yeah. They were pouring over. You have Sam Cosme picking up Fedarian Mathis and slamming him. Uh, I believe he was the unnamed uh, defensive lineman in there. And it went further than that. Scott Abraham reports, and we got real punches at Commander's training camp. Fedarian Mathis versus Sam Cosme, who was after the play during an 11-on-11. Matthew Paris talks about how Nick Gates spikes the ball at a defensive lineman after they jumped off sides. EB not happy with that stoner. Uh, mm -hmm. Matthew continues with Eric Bieniemy threw Gates out of the rep. We don't do that crap. Yeah. Tyler Larson took his place. Just uh, the offense is not 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 too happy stoner yeah because they're getting their ass kicked day in and day out and they're getting tired of it that's what it seems like to me is that they're getting tired of it and they're starting to hear it 
well, they've been hearing it from the defense for sure. But I mean, they're starting to hear it from, oh, I don't know, ref the district, JP Finley, and, and folks like that. They're they're starting to hear those whispers that maybe this offense is in a little trouble. So they're getting frustrated. I get it. I, yeah. I would be too. Get, getting some of that Eric Bianami language in on their uh, stoner. <laughs> Not only, by the way, was it Sam Cosme and Nick Gates, but a leader of the locker room was getting into it as well as Terry McLaurin got mad, according to Pete Haley. The offense has been awful all day, and the defense has been good and super loud about their goodness. After a pass breakup by Benjamin St. Juice, St. Juice stood over Cole Turner and didn't help him up. Terry McLaurin took offense to that stoner, Mm -hmm. ripped off his helmet, and got into Benjamin St. Juice's face. Help your teammate. EB, by the way, also reportedly not happy with Terry McLaurin in this regard. Yeah. Don't you love that? Don't you love that from Terry McLaurin? Look, I'm okay, actually, with what St. Juice did. He's he's making an aggressive big play in camp, and he's letting the offense know about it. But I'm also okay with Terry McLaurin getting pissed about it and saying, wait a minute, save that for the game. Save that mm-hmm. for the opponents. That's your teammate. Help your teammate up. Tell him about it, how you just, again, we'll use the term I used earlier, kicked his ass, and then help him up. And let's be brothers about this. And and that's okay from Terry McLaurin, too. I actually don't have a problem with either side. And I don't have a problem with all this chippiness, either. I mean, they're they're in there smacking helmets all day, every day. And and it's bound to happen. But as, as you heard from just about every guy who came off that field, that's normal. That's a normal part of training camp. It happens year in, year out. Every team, every camp. It's not that big. I love Terry McLaurin stepping up, though, and, and saying – you know, take care of your teammate. Yeah. This is day after day. These, the, they're going at it. They, these are hot days. These are long days. Mm. Frustration's going to boil over, especially as he mentioned, it wasn't going the offense's way today. Right. Uh, there were several people who weren't even out there for practice as Nikki J gives us the rundown on some of the injuries. Logan mm-hmm. Thomas with the calf strain Forbes during practice tweaked his groin Yep. Uh, team doesn't believe it's too serious, but is going to be reevaluated. Uh, very uh, unfortunate because that's been a standout in camp so far. Curtis Hodges, another tight end, pulled up on a hamstring, upper glute issue. And yep. Cody Barton, hip flexor and tightness, kept him out. A little nervous there on linebacker, too, because the team isn't deep and you might have Jamin Davis missing some, <laughs> some time, depending on how his legal issues might be go. in the clink. Tight end, not a deep room either as far as quality might be concerned. Mm -hmm. What do you think of the injuries? Washington been able to avoid the big injury so far to a major player, but what do you think about these uh, being held out today? I I think it's a little bit concerning. It's not something that you're really scared about, but I don't think you're going to see some of those guys practicing for, for a little bit. I mean, when you have a tweak, of like a groin muscle or a hamstring, anything like that, those can linger for a while. You just can't go from, ooh, I felt something tweak, to going out there and covering Terry McLaurin the next day. You can't do that. That's mm. that's that's not how it works with muscles. So it's just something to keep an eye on. I don't think it's anything to be concerned about, but especially with a guy like Forbes who plays an important role on the defense, just keep an eye on it and, and monitor it and make sure he's not out there doing all those uh, – cuts and and quick twitch moves and all that on that groin muscle 
Sure. You want him healthy for the season. Yep. You need a healthy QB as well. Uh, yep. Sam Howell tracker time stoner. I think yep. uh, no one will be surprised where it ends up here, but I will say this. Okay. Right, before you even bring out the board. Okay. All right. Those who, who call for this to be an offensive tracker vice a Sam Howell tracker. Remember the QB is the one who leads the offense. This it's a full team. 11, 11 is a, is a part of this, but the, QB play is so important to successful, you know, offenses that you can't deny where the importance lies. So Stoner, these, these keen eyes and those keen eyes over there with Nathan, we can tell the difference if Sam Howell's having a good day and the offense is having a bad day. So take that for what it's worth to piggyback on what you just said about that. Yeah. All right, Stoner. Let's bring it out. Let's uh, let's make you big screen here. <laughs> Look, and, I'm not uh, okay. Go ahead. I'm I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna bust out the the green marker. It's just a waste of heavy lifting on my part. It's, <laughs> it's, I don't even need to. I got the red marker here, and I'm not even gonna play around with it. So let's see if I can do this with one hand. Ah, all right. I need you to work on that. That's that was very sloppy. EB's okay. telling you to get back to the huddle here. All right, but I'm back in the huddle, and look at this beautiful X on August fourth. It's a bad day. So what do we got? One, two, three, four, five bad days, and four and good days. Four good days. Yeah. So up and yeah. down. You're expecting yeah. way early. It's way early, but we're just going to keep track of it day in and day out. I, I think uh, one thing I have to talk to you about, Stoner, is you've been mm-hmm. telling people or we've been telling people that that was in permanent marker, some of those lines looking a little shaky there. You might need to make sure that those are okay. on on uh, nice and strong. Four good days, five not-so-good days, but it's still early in camp. Next yep. week they have a preseason game, and there's lots that we're going to be talking about for that next week. We want to mm-hmm. talk about what's happening with camp this week. Let's bring in Logan Paulson here on Ref the District. All right, Logan, thank you for joining us here on Ref the District. Practice today was getting quite chippy, and I need to know right off the bat, what is the most memorable camp fight you have been having? <laughs> so, you know, when I got to the NFL, things like chilled out a little bit in terms of fighting. Guys are much more conscientious of kind of being pros. They understand where the line is. They're a little bit more confident in themselves. The craziest camp fight I ever was in was in college at UCLA. Um, there was a play where a freshman linebacker hit the senior fullback pretty hard and knocked the quarterback. And so everyone kind of said, hey, man, chill out. Let's not do that. Very next play, the defensive coordinator calls the same blitz, hits the fullback, and it is a full-on bench clearing. You know, the defense runs. It felt like Braveheart. They're running at each other. I was a freshman <laughs> at the time. And um, – and I remember running around, kind of keeping my head, you know, down. And, you know, some of the senior guys were like choking each other out and banging each other on, you know, like taking helmets off. It was a, uh, it was wow. quite the experience, but that, you know, that was in college. And I think most guys will say, you know, who played in the NFL and played in college that the college fights tend to be a little bit more grandiose because uh, you get a bunch of young guys, you know, trying to kind of assert themselves. So, you know, hmm. man, uh, do you guys like go back and watch the tape of that or anything? And then, um, you know, like see who are the guys who are running away from the pack or whatever and <laughs> haze them a little bit. Like, what, what are you doing? You're supposed to be going towards it. Yeah, absolutely. That comes up. You know, I, <laughs> yeah. when I was with Kyle Shanahan, he used to do a really good job of telling the video guy 
to let the camera run a little bit. Some coaches cut it early because they don't want the fight to get on film. They don't want to encourage that behavior. But he always used to have like these really funny moments where it's like, hey, man, what's this guy doing over here? And it's, you know, the, the long snapper, like drinking the water in the back while everyone's going to town. So th those are always funny. I, I will say as my career went on, fights became less and less prevalent. You know, like it just, I don't know if it's a change in mindset, change in philosophy, but less and less prevalent, but always fun. Always good, good, good for camp morale when there's a good fight, you know, gets people kind of off the, uh, the monotony of it a little bit. So. I yeah. think that's what we were kind of saying, right, Nathan? We were saying that you don't really want to have a lot of big fights, but it's it's good for that aggression to just kind of get it out and then build build back up again. Yeah, I was a big fight guy. I love getting in fights in camp. I really enjoyed it, actually. And again, it just kind of changes the the demeanor, you know, kind of gets your blood up a little bit, gets guys going. Uh, you know, you're practicing against the same guys every single day, so mm -hmm. just a little shift little little bit of different departure and uh i really enjoyed those so you know and then you get something to talk about in the cafeteria later so <laughs> well big reason why there were some fights today and some chippiness is the offense was struggling mightily mm. uh, and they've kind of had an on and off camp so far and of course washington is known for having a strong defense but does the offensive struggles go deeper than that what is the biggest struggle right now for the offense so I have to be fully candid. I have not watched practice yet today. I actually was at my high school. We're having two a days right now. So I can tell you all about Independence High School whenever you want, but I will watch practice tonight, you know, basically when the, when the film's up. But I will say over the last eight days, there's been a nice kind of ascension, I would say, for, for the offense. I okay. think as they put the pads on, the pass protection's gotten better. The run blocking's gotten better. The defense has been a little bit quieter, I would say. And I think that's all kind of, testament to Juan Castillo and that O-line coaching staff and those guys kind of gelling together. And as the O-line has played better, the offense has played better. And I think they had some really, really solid periods. So today is Friday on Thursday. They had a very, very, no, Thursday was kind of the walkthrough practice. Wednesday, they had a very, very solid practice offensively and really kind of, I don't want to say set the tone because the defense is never going to get got like that, but it was definitely more of an offensive day. So I could definitely see, um, you know, uh, Jack and the defensive staff being like, Hey guys, you know, good practice, but I want X, Y, Z to happen for Friday. And I, I, I have a feeling something like that went down, nothing malicious, just kind of, Hey, this is our standard. Let's get after it a little bit. And so um, I think that's probably some of it, but I do think that it's important to note that, you know, Wednesday, Tuesday, Monday were kind of better days for the offense. So, and by better days, the defense probably still wins the day, you know, but they're at least able to execute, make some runs, hit some explosive plays. So to see them, uh, the defense kind of come out and have a, have a dominant day is kind of what you expect from that group. So, so kind of speaking of the offense and in the quarterback position, the most important, we talk about Sam Howell. He's sure. pretty much the subject of every uh, content we put out here up and down. <laughs> I think, um, uh, so far in camp, what you expect from a guy, first year starter, a young quarterback, but you mentioned, uh, I can't remember where you said this, but I heard you say that, that the difference between Howell and Wentz is yeah. completely different. Right. I mean, Howell is just so much better at this mm. point than Wentz was kind of explain if you would uh, that theory. Yeah, and that's not me like necessarily getting after Wentz. Like Wentz sure. had a tough training camp, and I think that offense that they ran it was it was kind of feast or famine a little bit, especially in training camp and the end of the season. You know, it's like they're kind of hunting for big plays, big shot plays, and you know, like when you hit a big play, everyone in the crowd goes, "Ooh, wow, that's great!" 
but you know, big, big, big plays tend to be lower percentage plays in terms of completion percentage, right? That's mm. kind of that traditional air Coriel push the football down the field. We're going to seven man protect and hopefully our old line holds up, right? This version of the offense this Eric B offense, this Andy Reed offense is a West coast derivative, right? So there's a lot of kind of horizontal stretch. They're working underneath coverages. They're manipulating zones. There's answers versus multiple things. So you lose some of the high-end explosive elements. It's still there, but it's just not as frequent. And you get more kind of underneath work. And I think those are higher higher opportunities for completions. I think that's what you've seen with Sam. I think you've seen a guy who can, you know, has a great relationship with Logan Thomas, obviously, or great chemistry, I should say, able to find those soft spots in zones. Um, starting to understand when the ball needs to come out versus pressure, right? And just having answers versus different coverage looks. And also, I think the route concepts do a better job of manipulating coverage to create throwing windows. So just by not and, and couple that with his quick release and his strong arm, and I can fit it into some tight windows and make some of these plays. So I think that's more what I'm talking about. Again, I'm not trying to crush Carson Wentz, but the offense as a whole and, you know, Sam Howell by extension, is just much more efficient um, this year, I, I believe. Today was the last kind of like camp practice. Next week, they have a preseason football game. How sure. does how does that switch from like today to what they're going to start next week? So early preseason games are basically, I don't want to say there's no change, like there's no change, but there's approximately no change, right? So mm -hmm. what they'll do is they'll probably come out, they'll have – three, four pretty heavy days, maybe one light day, then a travel day. Cause like, really you're not thinking about Cleveland. Like your backups are going to play for Cleveland. I don't think, you know, they haven't made any official announcements. So I have to make that perfectly clear, but I would not expect to see um, anybody, you know, of note playing in this game, quite frankly, I think they're going to, you know, maybe Sam plays cause he's a young player. If he plays the first O-line will play, but I'm not ex expecting any kind of you know, specific game planning or any kind of extensive playing time. So it's really going to be the young guys. So I'm going to take, if I'm coach B enemy, if I'm the coordinator, and again, I, he has not said anything to me about this. They have not made an official announcement. I'm going to say, we're going to get great week, a great week of practice. We're going to dress. We're going to get 15 to 25 plays. If the drive's good, we're done after that. And we're moving on to the, um, you know, the Baltimore week of practice. So that's kind of my thought on it. And that's been my experience with those early preseason games is there's not a lot of change in, in, in the training camp tempo energy. You might do a carded period, like in cards, I mean, kind of a small preparatory period for Cleveland, but it's just so you know what kind of front they're going to be in basically and what kind of coverage they're going to run. So nothing too crazy, I don't think. And I think you're going to see another great week of work from this team. Awesome. And Logan, I got one more question for you. My last question. Sure. The offensive line, we talked about it. It's been struggling just a little bit, although you said that yeah. they've gotten better as the week has, has gone on. Well, I haven't um, watched today, but you yeah, know, right. up, until, up until today. <laughs> That's right. Good. Up until today. Good. Fair point. Um, it, are there things that the enemy can do to scheme around, say, shortcomings on Absolutely. the offensive line? Absolutely. I think like when you look at, when you look at, you know, Kyle Shane, you look at Andy Reid, you look at, Matt LaFleur, Mike McDaniels, really good offensive coordinators understand that the, the limiting factor of most offenses is your offensive line and your ability to pass protect. So I think, you know, kind of basic level stuff, you get chip protection, play action, screens, quick game, um, move the pocket, right? And it doesn't need to be these big grandiose keepers like Kyle used to run, but a little token fake on an outside zone action, slight boot, get the ball to the flat. Those are easy throws, sprint outs, right? Again, another way to move the pocket. So 
I definitely think you're going to see way more of that stuff than we saw last year with Scott Turner. And we've already seen way more of it. We've seen a ton more of it. And I think that's another reason why I feel pretty confident that that, that, that group's going to elevate. And in conjunction with that philosophy, just running the football helps with pass protection. Like the first couple of days that they started running the football a ton in the team periods, you just saw a more efficient offense. And I think that that is, again, when the defense cannot tee off on one thing specifically, formationally, um, personnel-wise, which EB does a great job of diversifying, you're going to be okay. So there's a ton of stuff they can do, and I would expect when they're in a game plan preparatory period that they're going to be much more efficient. And that being said, like when you look at the offensive line, they've gotten better each and every day. Like I said, one-on-ones have gotten a little cleaner. At least they were on Wednesday when they did them. So that group is getting better, and I think they're going to end up being – you know, an average to above average group, which if you look at the analytics is what you need to win football games, that in conjunction with good coaching. So I think they're on that trajectory. Obviously, obviously it's got to come together, but I think it's definitely, it's progressing nicely for this stage of camp. Let me just say that. Yeah. Man, well, he's getting I, me hyped back up again, I, I, Nathan. I, I was about to say, I was like, I was going to ask another question, but I yep. think we're going to end on this very possum note. Logan, <laughs> thank you for joining us here on Ref the District. This has been your daily Commander's Update. And until next time. Let's go. I'm fired up. Be a fan.